Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. 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 Go to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah in the fourth chapter. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Before you leave tonight... You ought to go get you one of these CDs, Brother Sam, Sister Vic. I carry these things in my vehicle and plug them in. And you'll never get filled with the Holy Ghost listening to Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity. You'll never get filled with the Holy Ghost listening to a country music station. Even though George Jones is a little hard to pass by on the radio dial. But you'll never get full. You'll turn into a slobbering drunk. That's right. I want you to get one of these and put them in your vehicle. I believe in them. I've got a thousand gospel music CDs, and I get every one I can and stick it in your vehicle and listen. And you won't hear no better than what you've heard right here. And I bless the Lord for it. I told Brother Sam I wanted to do that for him tonight. And y'all go back there and get one. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for helping us. Lord, go with us now in these moments. May they be yours. And may we be yours. We love you and thank you for it. We thank you for this great church, this great pastor. We thank you for this great meeting, Lord, that you have assembled. All the glory goes to God. Now help us tonight. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name and all the Lord's people say it. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4. Tonight, I'm just going to take 30 or 40 minutes, probably. (laughs) And after what the Lord's done for us the last two nights, I feel compelled to come here tonight. And just pick up where we left off last night and get a little more help. Anybody interested in a little more help? I looked at all these young people in here tonight, Pastor. And you know, they don't want a rock concert at church. There was never two teenagers in the world ever stood up and demanded that the church go contemporary. That was not teenagers that asked for that. It was a bunch of unregenerated, modern-day apostate ministers who had no power in their ministry and thought maybe Christian rock could help their young people like it. The kids never asked for it. Never. It's a lie from hell. And I know one thing. Young people respond quicker to Jesus than anybody in the house when he's in the house. And I bless his name for it. 
I want to come to Zechariah chapter 4 and read two verses and then leave your Bibles open there. Chapter 4, verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by pi- nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Now, it's not my interest for you to leave here understanding all the historical context and background of the book of Zechariah. It's my interest for you to leave here tonight with your heart charged and full of the grace of God. I'd like for you to leave saved. Wouldn't that be good, somebody to leave here sanctified? I'd like for saved people to leave here sanctified. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is true. And satisfied. I'd like for you to leave here satisfied. No, he's all I need. Can I get a witness right there? And so I'm going to skim over this and hit the highlights right here in the text. And this is the only place in your Bible where it's it, grace is coupled with each other. That where it says grace, grace, grace is backed up to each other. The only place in your Bible. Zechariah is all about the coming of the king. It's about the coming of the king. And particularly chapter 9 through chapter 14. Zechariah here <clears throat> talking about a day when they would finish that rebuilt temple. And said, they'll bring forth the headstone. There's, I'm going to make a little announcement. Expect y'all to get all the whiteness off of you just right away. And help me right here. You'll save yourself 20 minutes of a Sunday school lesson if you'll just say, the remnant that was allowed permission to return after the 70 years of captivity were rebuilding that temple. And he said, you will finish it. There's coming a day the building's going to be done. It's very difficult and long, drug out, prolonged affair with many obstacles and oppositions. Very difficult matter to get this second temple, this rebuilt temple, finished. And I want to say that we're working on the building in this hour. Amen. And I'm looking at ten of you who daddy's a preacher or a brother or, mo- or not mama. <laughs> my mama, my mama. Uh, is not called to preach, but she sure has the gift. <laughs> Earl Hughes, the old Blue Ridge Mountain preacher, said, "Why does God talking about a woman preaching?" He said, "When you can preach that good, you don't need to be called." <laughs> and that'll help you. And y'all know, there's some of you in here that grow up in and around the ministry, and you know uh, how Satan fights and how hard it is. In this thing. But we are going to finish. There's a finish line out there somewhere. And young people, you'll be glad you sold out and went for God one day. You'll be glad you done it one day. There is a day that we're going to bring forth the headstone. That was, that was their way of capping it off. We might put a steeple on our building when we're finished, but they put a cornerstone and a headstone. And I want to make a little announcement, and you Anglo-Saxons just come right with me. 
We're heading for a crowning day. And when they crown it off, when the building's completed, and they crown that thing, he said, there's going to be shoutings. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm enjoying it, so leave me alone. Shoutings. Amen. It's in the Bible. I'm keeping my King James Bible. There'll be shouting on that day. And here's what they'll cry. And here's what we'll cry. And here's what anybody that makes it home, by the grace of God, is going to cry. It, grace. Grace. Y'all are so white. I'm fired. You're all fired. Everybody in here is fired. Amen. I'm going to rehire you because I need you for the rest of the sermon. <laughs> he said they'll cry, grace, grace unto him. Now, I want to take this text and look at what the grace of God does for his children. I'm glad for the grace of God, ain't you? Amen. Number one, right here in this text, I want to say that grace compensates for our Satan. Satan is the title of the meaning adversary. You and I have an adversary. Can I get a witness? Amen. Underline it in chapter 3, verse 1. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Now, in this context, Zechariah was the prophet. Zerubbabel was the governor. And a boy named Joshua was the high priest. This is not the Joshua of the book of Joshua. But this man is the high priest. And here God is interested in Jerusalem. Can I get a witness right there? And he still is. And Jesus is coming back. And Zechariah said in chapter 12, 13, 14, he's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives and it's going to cleave it right in the middle. Amen. One foot in the Mediterranean, one on the Mount of Olives, and he's coming back. Now here, he had Joshua and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And I want to say that's all you need to do with the devil is what he's trying to do to you. He's trying to resist you. Why don't you just resist him? James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can I get a witness in here? I love verse 2. And the Lord, all caps, that's Jehovah. The God who is always what he is in the ever-present now. I am that I am. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not, and I'm going to need some white people to say amen right here, is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Glory. And and i got to throw in verse 3, trying to get ahead of himself a little bit. Joshua didn't deserve help. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Woo! But he belonged to the Lord. I want to make a little, I have an adversary, and I have an accuser, and I have an antagonist, and it is Satan. And he'd love to kill you, and he'd love to steal you, and he'd love to destroy you. He'd love to come in here tonight and blow this thing to smithereens. We went to Ed Ballou's funeral the other day, and uh, back at the beginning of the year, and stood in there, and, and they called all the preachers out in the lobby. There's Brother Sammy, and, and uh, there was 90 preachers in that thing, some of the choice of God's servants from around the country. 
And one old boy come up and whispered to me from Alabama. He said, the devil would love to drop a bomb on this lobby right now. You know that. Brother, some of the greatest old-time preachers there was standing at Charles Lawson there in Knoxville. And, and those men of God, Steve Robertson there, they were all, we were all in that lobby. Honey, I got news for you. Satan may be your adversary, your accuser, and your antagonist, but he can't touch you if God don't give him permission. And the Lord said in a second, the Lord rebuked thee. I got news for you. Satan's going to try to kill us, steal us, and destroy us. But grace is what will get us through. Glory to God. We was talking today uh, there uh, after lunch. I I went up to Sam's and he wouldn't even talk to me, Brother Dent. What about that? I prayed for God to give bless his business and he had 500 people in there and never even could. Big said, I'm sorry he didn't get talked. I said, praise God. God for answered prayer. Now, bring me a love offering off his business tonight. (laughs) Amen. If you can afford that pink polka dot tie, you can help your preacher friend out. Now, I recorded you a while ago, and I got the pink polka dot on record. You'll be YouTubing before midnight. (laughs) Amen. And I came back and found the men sitting out there under the umbrella, and we got to talking about Goliath. David and Goliath. And you know something, and I'm talking about our enemy, Satan. You know something dawned on me last year I was preaching about Goliath. If I'd have been there, because I'm a little ornery, I know I'd have got an attitude somewhere after the first week. Goliath, nearly ten foot tall. There's the children of Israel, Saul and the soldiers, and they're bottlenecked right there. And Goliath come out for 40 days and laughed at him. Now I got thinking about that. Somewhere after day 7, 8, or 9, laughing just ain't going to cut it no more. I'm a little smart, Alex, sometimes. I know it's hard to believe. I'd have stepped up behind one of them soldiers and said, Hey, big boy, is all you going to do is talk? (laughs) Then, of course, I'd have got right behind the big guy. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. Goliath, for 40 days, didn't do anything but threaten them. That's right. And then a boy come out of the woods and with a slingshot killed the rascal. Can I get a witness right there? I want to make a little announcement to you, a bunch of Anglo-Saxons, and see if I can get a little soul on you. If the devil could have, he already would have. You're supposed to know what that means without me breaking it down. What are you talking about, preacher? All right. Whatever he's been lying to you about all these years, he's been lying. That's helping me. I'm just sorry that y'all are... So pathetically white. Your giant's been looking at you, lying to you. I'm bigger than you. I'm meaner than you. I'm going to kill you. I'm superior. You know, somewhere when he passed the month point, I'm thinking, maybe he ain't going to come over here and whoop us. You ever get on the playground or... 
or, or, or get out behind. I know you know something about getting in the alley and whooping something. <laughs> Say amen, December 10th. Hallelujah. And you know the boy that talks ain't really interested in whooping nobody. The one that always runs his mouth. I'm going to tell you who's going to knock three of your teeth out, the guy that don't say a word. Just bam. And then he's shared his heart with you. Goliath stood there for 40 days and laughed and taunted and teased. Somewhere in there it should have dawned on them. That's all he can really do. And the enemy's been lying to you. Now, I hope I can get this through to you, child of God and, and soul here tonight. Satan's a liar. And everything he ever says to you is a lie. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He's been lying to some of you for over 10, 20 years about something. You ain't dead, are you? You ain't done, are you? You ain't gone, are you? You're not out of it, are you? Amen. No, you're sitting there listening to a preacher tonight. The Holy Ghost fingering around your heart. Amen. You reckon the devil's just been lying to you? He's a liar. He lies. He's lying to you. He'll lie to you. Honey, somewhere on day 15, I'd have said, you know, big boy, we're tired of listening to you. Of course, now, I wouldn't really be interested in fighting him. <laughs> I'd have just said that. In your Bible, there's no record of a giant ever killing anybody. It ain't in there. The Old Testament is slammed full of battles and conflicts. And and they're all giants and heathen. And there ain't no record of any of them ever killing a saint. Thank you, Lord. Glory. That's all they can do is talk trash. And you know, boys, them son, even before David got there, they were doing good. They're doing better than we give them credit for. They resisted him. He's trying to come in, and they said, "We may not kill you, but we can stop you. You ain't coming in." And he didn't. And he had a lot of promotion. He was more promoted than a wrestler on WW, is it E or F or D, WW something. (laughs) December 10th knows all about it. (laughs) And I got news for you. Satan lied to you. He lies to old people. He lies to them strong. He'll tell them that cancer. He'll tell them. He'll tell them that my daddy just had some tests run, had to wait for three weeks. Honey, listen, the doctors will kill you with all them waiting three weeks before the three week thing will ever get around to you. The devil will whisper to you. He lies to teenagers about serving God. He'll tell you. He'll tell you, if you serve God, you have to go to Africa and live with naked savages and, and, and kill roaring lions and, and cannibals who want to cook you and eat your leg like a drumstick. Or that's what he told me anyway when I was a, when I was a teenager. I said, okay, I said I'm in that by myself. I had a vivid imagination. He'll lie 
out of you. He lies. If you resist Him, you'll learn that He can't do anything about it. That's all you got to do is just stand there. Say, uh-uh. You ain't coming in. Somebody needs to stand in the church and say, uh-uh. I may not know exactly how to jump on your ten-foot frame, but I am going to stand here and say, huh. Some teenager needs to stand up in front of this world when they're offering you a drink. When they're offering you a pill. I don't know if we do. I don't think nobody does needles anymore. But when they offer you a whiff of anything. And all of them laughing at you. And the devil start whispering to you of how pitiful it would be to be unpopular. Amen. You need to stand there and say, I don't know what to do to all y'all. And you may laugh at me. But I'm going to stand right here and just say, no. No. Uh-uh. Honey, he'll lie to you. He'll lie to a bunch of you about whether you're saved or not. Let me tell you something. If you're lost... The devil ain't never going to tell you that you're lost. Amen. He ain't interested in you finding that out. If you're lost, the devil ain't going to tell you you're lost. But if you're saved, that's all he'll try to tell you until you get him in a chokehold and tell him to leave you alone about that. And some of you wrestle year after year, phase after phase, season after season, spell after spell. You go through season and you wrestle with that fear and agony. And, oh, 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 and you're so sincere and you're so concerned about whether you're saved or not. And the very fact that bothers you tells me you are. Because lost people ain't bothered by the devil about being saved. You say, well, how will I know if it's conviction? You won't. Sinners never know. What sinner, blind, dark, depraved, and ignorant, understands conviction? That's a deep, glorious work of the Holy Ghost of God. Half the preachers preaching don't even understand it. It'd be like a baby in the womb, you know. Telling the doctor. Give a little advice on how this should work and what the time frame is. And I was going to say popping his head out and trying to help the doctor. Hey, doc, get out there. No. What sinner understands conviction? The Holy Ghost comes to the sinner. And if he's convicting you, you're not confused. Time after time after time. You're convinced. He is really good at what He does. And if He come to convince you, you will be convinced in just a minute, not that you're saved, but that you're lost. He don't confuse you about being saved. He convinces you about being lost. That's what the Holy Ghost does. God's not the author of confusion. And if you're forever tormented within yourself and agonizing and wrestling about whether you're saved or not, that ain't conviction, that's confusion. Because if the Holy Ghost is coming on there to convince you you're lost, He's good at it. 
And here in just a minute, you're going to say, ah, I'm lost. <laughs> and if you'll just turn to the Lord in another minute, you'll be saying, ah, scratch that. I'm saved. <laughs> Can I get a witness in here? He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He'll lie to you about tithing. He'll tell you you can't afford to give that to God. He'll tell you you can't afford to give your life to God. He tells you all, he always lies. I didn't mean for this first point to get so big. But I got news for you. We have an adversary. I don't care who you are. You can be the high priest standing there in front of God. And he'll be right there. He goes in your prayer closet with you. He goes to your Bible reading's time with you. Honey, he goes to church with you. And he lies. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He'll lie to you about getting saved. He'll tell you, don't do that. He'll tell you a thousand and one reasons why you shouldn't get saved. He'll tell you why you shouldn't sell out and live for God. He's a liar. He'll tell you why you shouldn't come back to the service tomorrow night. He'll lie to you. And he loves to use fear, the instrument of fear. He's a roaring lion. That roar stops the game in their tracks, stops them antelope and a clap of thunder. Roar! That was like a smattering of thunder, but he's a clap of thunder. I can spell smattering for you if you want me to. I got news for you. We have a Satan. We have an adversary. But we have a Lord who stands by our side. I was telling these boys today, heard an old boy preach on David being the giant killer. Them soldiers, they kept resisting. They stood in their place and would not give place to the enemy. And finally God sent a giant killer over the hill. And if you just stand there and not back up and not give in, in a little while, our David will come over the hill and he'll kill him dead. It is camp meeting, so we can have a little more fun than we usually do. Brother Troutman, I think you've heard this before. Brother Dent, this young missionary boy, I like that missionary boy. That's a big old ugly boy right there. Amen. Had to go all the way to Arkansas to talk to some pretty little old preacher's daughter into marrying him. What about that? Sorry, rascal. Can you believe he done that? Son, you may not have heard this. I was talking to an old preacher from South Carolina and then a young preacher from South Carolina. And they both of them separately had been studying this thing and told me, Golgotha. Where Jesus died. You heard me talk about this? And you already heard about it, I think, Brother Trapman told me. Golgotha, the place of a skull. Yeah. Brother David, we've always, we've always been told that was called the place of a skull because the rocky face of that cliff looks like a skull. But the Jews have a tradition. They say when David carried that head back in Jerusalem, he, carried, he chopped the man's head off. He chopped that head off. Yeah, he did. Alfred Willis preached on how to get ahead. <laughs> That's a big old head. That's a ten foot giant head. 
And he went down there and he chopped that head off with his own sword. He took his own sword. Dana Williams has been preaching a message the past six months on how that sword was designed by Goliath in the Philistine camp, designed by the enemy to go over and kill the king. And he's been preaching a message on how God will just say, give me that. How God can take something that the enemy's been preparing all these years and God just say, give me that. Last time Brother Williams preached that, Lance Carpenter was sitting there. And Brother Williams got him up and said, now the devil trained him how to play the guitar. And the devil touched his vocal cord. And the devil put him in Nashville. And right when he got him in his prime, God said, just give me that. Honey, don't you ever get concerned about them swords of Goliath. Those things in your past that you and hell put together. God can take something that hell meant for evil. And God will just say, give me that. And use it for his own good. Took that sword and chopped his head off. They said he carried it back to Jerusalem. And up on that hill, Mount Zion. On that hill, sitting there looking at it. And that's why they, and said he buried it there. And that's why it's called Golgotha, Goliath of Gath. (laughs) Goliath of Gath. Golgath. The place of the scorch. I went and talked to my pastor. He's, 70 years old, Brother Herschel Hicks, and he'd been to the Holy Land more than once. And I said, Preacher, he said, Yes, sir. He said, Went over there with Mays Jackson, said they stood up there and preached on that. He said, Yes, sir, I've heard that. He said, The Jews believe that because that's the tradition passed down. They said, That's what David did with that head. So I called a boy in South Carolina that studies. And and we're we're study buddies. <laughs> we're both married. Don't get no ideas, but we're we're study buddies. And we study together. I called him up. I said, Brother Wampler. I said, You ever? It, a man named Wampler needs to be a preacher or a wrestler. <laughs> I said, uh, He got to digging in that thing. Come back and went and talked to his old pastor Ed Maccabee. Ed Maccabee, and said he believed that day when Jesus went up on Calvary. I need y'all to come with me now. First messianic prophecy in the Bible, Genesis 3.15, he said to the woman, Thy seed shall bruise his head, and he shall bruise thy heel. Do you see where this is going? If you see where it's going, you may be called to preach. Girls, we've already said, you ain't got to be called. Just, you're gifted. He said he believed that when Jesus, they carried that cross up there. He said, I believe they run it right down through the head of that skull. That great type of Satan and Antichrist. The Goliath who wanted to kill our David. We can't prove that, but we ain't trying to prove it. We're just enjoying it. I ain't got to prove that Hardy's biscuits are good. Carol, you believe it or not. 
course, in America, they're terrible. You should go to Carter's next door. <laughs> takes a lot of faith. Amen, Sir, it takes a lot of faith to put a breakfast, breakfast place between McDonald's and Hardee's. You're a great man. I want you to sign both sides of my Bible. <laughs> I sat in that thing this morning, but I looking at I said, my man, <laughs> I got right in the middle of it that I'm here. Well, hello. David has come in to fight Goliath. Amen. Hey, I wouldn't have any doubt. And when we get over there, and them glorified bodies, and we get to Jerusalem, I'm going to go up there and look and ask the Lord. They run that thing down through the... And i got news for you. We have an enemy. And he'd love to kill you to destroy, but there's been a cross run, run up on his head. There's been a cross run up on his head. Satan, when it comes to Satan, grace takes care of our Satan. Number two, grace. Not only does it compensate for our Satan, but grace takes care of our sin. Would you look in verse 3? Chapter 3, verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, and I love this, here's what God done with my filthy garments. Take away the filthy garments from him. Seemed like John was baptizing and said something about, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And unto him he said, I'm in the middle of verse 4, Behold, this is what God done for you when he saved you. He just made some announcements and declarations. I have caused that iniquity to pass from thee, and I'll clothe thee with chains of raiment. Ooh-wee, there's more good stuff in there than I've been preached. Underline that word change. Isn't that wonderful? Sam, David, one of y'all needs to learn this with your wife. And I'll tell you the best thing I ever did do. Take off the old coat and put on the new. I don't know the rest of it, but boy, that's a good line. I tell you the best thing I ever did do. Take off the old coat and put on the new. My old coat was tattered and the garment so bad. But he gave me a new one and now I am glad. I tell you the best thing that I ever did do. Take off the old coat and put on the new. I'm going to make a little announcement when it comes to our sin. There wasn't no discussion. There wasn't no, are you worthy? There wasn't no hoot from the jump through. God just looked at me and said, you're mine. Satan, go to hell. You're going to heaven. And I'm just going to take your iniquity. Just, just take it. Cause it to pass from thee. How do you think you ever pass from death unto life? 
That's because He caused your iniquity to pass. And it went from you to the back of the Son of God. And honey, the Lord Jesus became your sin. And He bore your sin. And He died for your sin. And He died with your sin. And He died as your sin. He took your sin off of you. On to Him. He gave you a change of raiment. I tell you why there's such a change at Calvary. There was such an exchange at Calvary. He took everything wrong with me and took it off of me. And took everything right with Christ and put it on me. If you've heard me preach much and had to put up with that, you've probably heard me talk about this. When it comes to the gospel... Honey, we got we got a little old watered down gospel even in our Baptist churches. Yeah. Honey, what he did for us was eternal. Yeah. It happened in eternity. Yeah. Calvary was an eternal moment. Amen. It's bigger than time. It interrupted time. It transcended time. Oh, brother, the tenth, and you can sing good. It, it runs. It's right down there. High five, sis, on the side. You'll be YouTubing before midnight. I got you over there. I had you on my th- Jesus, on the way to his funeral, he went by yours. Amen. Youngins, on the way to his cross, he went by, <laughs> he went by your cradle. He was heading for Jerusalem with a face set like a flint. And on the way to his cross, he went by your crib. And he actually got there in your conception. And he put out two divine, omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing hands. And he walked through the days of your life and scooped up every sin, every iniquity, every transgression, every rebellion, every ounce of corruption that was in the marrow of your bones, whether it ever came out or not. He got the murder that was in your bones, whether you ever murdered anybody or not. He got the lust that was in your system, whether you ever committed adultery or not. He got all the hell of rebellion that was in your heart, whether you ever left God or not. It is in there. He got it all, and when he got to your last breath, he turned around. And he said, I got all of yours. Amen. And he carried it to his cross. And he died with my sin. And he died as my sin. And if you come by Calvary, see, it's an eternal thing. It's still there. It's an eternal thing. And if you come by Calvary and bow. Amen. There's a resurrected Savior who will bestow upon you the greatest gift that this world or the other world could ever come. And that's the gift of His righteousness. And honey, a saved man, all of his sin is gone. And all of the righteousness of Christ, everything that was pleasing about Christ, everything that was excellent about Christ, everything that God liked about Christ, everything that the Father was thrilled with about the Son, is now you. It's on you. 
It's in you. It's who you are in Christ. Christ is in you. You're in Christ. Time has nothing to do with it. He's done been to the end of your life. At Calvary, in time, your whole life was future. But in eternity, it was past. And it's gone. And every time somebody gets saved in a service where I'm at, I like to find them before they leave the building. And if it's a man, I, I, I poke him. And if it's a lady, I stand there and look at them right in their nose so they'll, maybe, maybe because the devil's going to jump on them in the next 24 hours. And I always tell them, you came to Christ tonight. That's all he ever said for you to do. No matter what you said or what you did, you came to him because you wanted to. And He has taken all of your sin of all of your life. It's gone. You're still in the flesh. You're going to struggle till you get to heaven. But Jesus has moved in your ribcage and going to help you with your struggle. Thank you, Lord. He's moved inside and He's sealed it off and He's never coming out. Amen. And I'd like for them to know that an eternal, not an earthly transaction... Not something that happened on earth in time, but something that happened in heaven in eternity. <laughs> faith, faith takes you right in the throne room. Can I get a witness in here? And honey, on that crowning day, when this thing's finished, our Satan and our sin, God will have taken care of both of them. Amen. And we'll say, grace! Grace. Now, I need to bring this plane in for a landing. Here's a third one. I love this. Oh, we I love this better than Fruit Loops. And that's tough to beat. Look in chapter 4, verse 6. Old Zerubbabel was the governor. He said, how in the world am I going to finish this building? Unlike Solomon's temple, Zerubbabel had no friends. The neighboring kings hated him. He had no money. Solomon had all the gold in the world, literally, was his. But he didn't have any, he didn't have any money, didn't have any friends. The crowd he had with him didn't even care about it. That's all right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, let's do that. Brother Trapman, come up here with me. Let's pray. Brother Trapman, you pray, okay? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come tonight, God. Lord, you know the need here. We're serving a great God and want to say, I ask you, Lord, right now, God, just to have your way. I pray, God, that you would meet that need. God, this needy tonight. Lord, you know all about it. Father, we don't, but you do. And I'm glad, God, you know us. And you know our needs. And you know tonight, Father, we need you. We ask God that your grace would just, Father, Lord, overshadow now. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for the grace of God. We talked about last night and tonight. Now, Lord, we need that grace. And I pray, God, you just do that, Father, Lord, that you can do it. That needs to be done in this heart. 
and this life tonight. We'll thank you for it. Just have a song for the place. Name we do for Amen. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to ask sister to softly play. Why don't some of you men come around the altar and let's pray, and maybe some of the couple of the strong men there are going to help pick him up here in a minute. Young people, I want you to just sit there and bow your head. Let me talk to you for a minute. We just got done talking to you about your sin. Just got done talking to you about eternity. Be a good night for you to think. Think about where you stand with God. Let's do this. That got him. All right. I want everybody to stand and let's let's close with an altar of prayer tonight and the Lord. The Holy Ghost knew that man was going to get ill. He knew it was going to happen with you sitting here. Let me say it again. The Holy Ghost knew that man was going to get sick. He knew he was going to let me finish on the point, talking about what Christ did for your sin at Calvary. If you're here and you're lost without Christ, you better do business with God while He's speaking to your heart. You better do business with God. Brother Sam, I I, I do want you to sing some of that just as I am. I'm going to pray. I want everybody to bow their heads. If you know the song, sing with him. We'll go ahead and have an altar call. We'll be very careful right here. But we'll sing a little and pray a little. If you know it, help him sing it. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to. sing that first verse again.
Jesus. Our Father, thank you for this young woman and what she's come. God, come to Christ tonight. Dear God, I thank you. Oh, God, this young woman that's come to the Lord Jesus. Our Father, tonight I pray, Lord God, now that you take Holy Ghost and the precious blood of Christ, Lord, thoroughly wash her tonight. Lord God, let her know that her sins are gone. God, the eternal strap of her soul is gone. Lord, let her know now, oh God, that all of heaven is hers. Oh Lord, thank you. Well, this young woman just got saved down here. I guess the Lord was ready. The Lord was ready for an altar call, I guess. Just stand right here, young lady. Y'all come back down here and stand together. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, some of you precious ladies come down here and hug her neck and thank God for it. Let's go to Amazing Grace. Yes. I guess the Holy Ghost will save them however He wants to save them. Somebody else might need to get saved tonight. Yes. Somebody else needs to get saved. That'd be all right. Save this young lady tonight. I bless his name for it. I bless his name for it. Hallelujah. Now this gentleman's been coming for been joined the church about a month. He's got sick tonight. Brother Lamance, you come up and pray for him. 
And then we're going to sing that last verse before we're dismissed. Somebody else might need to get saved. Pray for the dear brother tonight. Father, we're here tonight, Lord, because you're the one who can do something here. Lord, your grace is so sufficient and abundant. Lord, we really don't, we take it for granted until we have to have it. But Lord, we need it tonight. Lord, we want to praise you for what you've done right here tonight. Oh, yes. We don't understand it, Lord. No. But God, who, through this lady getting saved and our brother and getting sick, Lord, God, your hand's working in ways that we just can't understand. Yes. But, Lord, we belong to you tonight. We're not our own. We've been bought with that precious blood. We belong to you tonight. Lord, we're your vessels. You can do what you will with us, Lord. And we know that whatever you do is right and just and holy. We just got to love you, Father. Oh, yes. I thank you tonight for what you've done in my heart. Oh, Lord. Lord, I needed this meeting. Oh, God. I, I, I need you, Lord. I, 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 every one of us here tonight needs you, Lord, more than we really think. From Brother Dean down to the least one here tonight, yes, Lord, yes. we need you. Yes. I was thinking, Lord, there is no life without you. Lord, I remember leaving here last year talking to this same young lady that got saved tonight. Mm. Praying for all year. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight that I belong to you. Oh, Lord. Lord, I pray for the welfare of this brother. Lord, whether he goes to be with you, remains with us for a testimony, you'll get all the glory. Because we do thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 I'm going to give you a chance, one more chance, if somebody else needs to come and be saved. God can do that. Help us sing this last verse. What, I want, what we need to do is we're going to dismiss and, and everybody, let's go in the fellowship hall and stay there. Young people, don't come around the front because the ambulance hadn't gotten here yet. We need to stay out of the way. And let's all go in the fellowship hall and stay there. Do we have a couple of ladies that can go get the food ready or is that already? Okay. Well, we'll, okay. Let's everybody, nobody go that way. Let's all go in the fellowship hall. And so let's dismiss with prayer. Father, thank you for this service tonight. God, you had it sovereignly, providentially set. Lord God, for the two points to be preached. And Lord, you knew this man, you know his body, and you knew he was sitting in this building. And Father, you knew what you wanted to do tonight. Thank you for saving this young woman, this dear young lady, our sister in Christ now. I pray you'd go with this dear brother and his family. Lord God, there's going to be a lot of ambulance trips. 
before we get out of here. But, oh, God, I'm glad that grace, grace is what will carry us through. Now, go with us tonight. We want to thank you for the food. Thank you for the freedom we have in America. And, Lord, the blessings that is ours. Bless Brother Dent and these as they take care of this matter now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let, let's all go back to the fellowship hall.